This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. I appreciate you tuning in. We are continuing our series in Proverbs today. And uh, we talked last time about wisdom on the job. So we're kind of making a transition from doing a, a textual type study chapter by chapter in the book of Proverbs, like we started out doing to more of a topical kind of study and just looking at various Proverbs now from chapters 10 through the 28 or so, uh, where we find those sayings that we typically think of as Proverbs and just kind of lumping those together um, topically, you know, so whatever Solomon has to say about work or marriage or money or debt or whatever the case may be, we're just kind of taking all of those or, or not all of them, but many of them and putting them together and getting this, uh, taking some lessons from, from that. So we're going to talk about, uh, wisdom in the workplace again, or wisdom on the job, uh, like we discussed in our last, uh, last episode. But whereas in our last episode, we talked about, uh, or we focused more on, um, laziness and the consequences of laziness. We're going to look at, um, wisdom on the job from a more positive angle. So Solomon has a lot to say by way of warning against laziness, uh, but he also spends a lot of time exhorting us to be diligent and proactive. So like with most behavior in, in Scripture, God is not just warning us to avoid the bad, uh, but he has the, the standard is higher than that. It's not just about avoiding the bad, but it's also about proactively seeking the positive behaviors or the behavior uh, or mindset or attitude that he has prescribed. So not just about avoiding the bad, we're not just static and um, always on the defense and just uh, staying away from bad things and bad behaviors and sin, but we are trying to proactively serve in the way that he has called us to serve. I like this quote from Vince Lombardi, and I think it's a good, good way to start our discussion. He says that the price of success is hard work. Dedication to the job at hand and the, the determination that whether we win or lose, we have applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand. And there's a, I think that's a good quote because there's a lot of biblical principles um, within, within those words. Uh, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might or to the best of your ability, we might say. And uh, that's what we find here in this, this quote. We're talking about applying the best of ourselves to the task at hand. And that's what Solomon is encouraging us to to do here. I should say God through Solomon. So uh, in scripture, regardless of one's economic status, we're all called to be uh, diligent workers. It doesn't really matter what our, our job is, so long as it's honest work that um, that's pleasing to God, uh, we are still to do it to the best of our ability. You, you think about uh, Ruth as an example, a biblical example the woman Ruth, uh, who has the book named after her. She was poor. She was uh, unmarried. She didn't have a husband. She was the sole provider for her mother-in-law, Naomi, when she decides to come with her back to Israel. Uh, and in chapter 2 and verse 2 of Ruth, we find her saying, Please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. Uh, so Ruth was diligent. She may have been poor, and they and and that's really an understatement. And her and Naomi were were destitute. The, the only way they were going to survive is if Ruth went out and just picked up what was left over in the fields after the harvest. Um, you know, the Old Testament, the law of Moses made this provision for 
those who were in, in poverty or, or those uh, who, for whatever reason, were, were unable to provide for themselves or maybe they didn't have a field that they could go uh, during the harvest time and as workers, you, you know, in somebody else's field and somebody else's land were gathering up wheat or barley, whatever the case may be, you know, there would always be some that would fall from the sheaves or they would just be left um, in the fields. And I think actually, um, I don't have this verse in front of me, but I think there was actually a command that the corners of fields were to be left unharvested so uh, the poor could uh, could glean from that. But anyway, the point is, is that even though Ruth was in this very difficult circumstance, she was willing to work. And that's that's the point here. And that's the principle we're going to see uh, time and time again in, in Proverbs also. And I think she's a good example to start with. So uh, what we find also about uh, uh, Ruth is that she was a woman of noble character in Ruth 3.11. And scripture makes a distinction between the deserving and undeserving poor. So for example, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, Paul says, If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. And Solomon says in Proverbs 16.26 that a worker's appetite works for him, for his hunger urges him on. Uh, so no matter our station in life, if we are capable, for capable of working to provide for ourselves and to provide for our family, then we must be diligent to do so uh, and refuse to enable those who are unwilling to lift a finger to support themselves. And Scripture is calling us to use uh, judgment and make the distinction in this way, right? If if Paul is saying, if there's somebody who's not able to work, excuse me, someone who's not willing to work, uh, then they're not to eat either. And we say, well, that's harsh or that doesn't seem fair. But nevertheless, I, I'm going to trust God's judgment over over my own, over anybody else's. Um, and if he says that the willingness isn't there, if someone's just being lazy like we talked about last week, well, then we shouldn't enable that, that laziness. Nobody's going to win. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help their family, really, and, and society. Um, they just continue to be uh, a drag and and living in sin, really, uh, if we're going to understand Paul correctly. So Solomon says a worker's appetite works for him and his hunger urges him on. So if we're willing, if we're, if we're capable of working, uh, then we need to be diligent workers. Find, you know, be out there pounding the pavement looking for for work and not be those who are unwilling. So what reputation do we have as workers in the community? Ruth had a reputation in the workplace, uh, and that was far-reaching. Uh, Boaz, the man that she eventually married, whose field that she was uh, that she was gleaning from, he was informed of her sacrifice, uh, her leaving her place and coming to provide for her mother-in-law, in Ruth chapter two, verses eleven and twelve, and so the, and this garnered favor uh, for her in his in his eyes. Uh, so, uh, what uh, you know, people are watching us too. You know, our, our coworkers or our bosses. What reputation do we do we have? Are we known as those who are willing to go the extra mile, who have a good attitude, who are striving to do the best job we can and apply ourselves, or are we known for being unwilling and lazy and just trying to get by with the bare minimum? Proverbs six and verse six. This is a text that we considered last week uh, in our podcast that those who uh, Proverbs 6 and verse 6 says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise. So those who, who are wise work hard. Right? Solomon is pointing us to this example in nature 
uh, the ant who's very diligent. And so he's saying there's wisdom to be found there, you know, with, you know, there's, they work without supervision and the ant takes initiative and makes preparations for the future. And, and these are all marks of a diligent worker. So working wisely entails this kind of forward thinking, looking to the future. Proverbs 21 and verse 5 says, The plans of the diligent surely lead to advantage. And it's not that, uh, you know, the point is that we, um, is, rather is not that we are just um, wholly self-reliant and, and super confident in our own plans and, you know, nothing's ever going to go wrong if we plan uh, accordingly or, or plan the right way. That's, that's, not the, that's not the point. You know, James will tell us that, you know, who are you to say that we're going to go to such and such a city and we're going to work there and make a profit? You know, he says, what, what is your life but a vapor? But rather you should say, if God is willing, then we'll go and do, do this or that. And so, you know, Solomon is, even though he's not stating that directly, that nevertheless is the is the idea here the the caveat that we're taking with this making plans and, and be diligent in making plans we're we're including not excluding god from being diligent planners uh and and doing the best to uh you know look to the future and try to try to accommodate and anticipate what's going to happen you know a wise worker will choose a career uh, that will utilize his or her abilities and pursue the necessary training to be successful. So, you know, that's just an example, I think, of this planning that, that Solomon is is talking about. You know, we have a goal in mind. I want to do this or that with my life, or I want to have this career, or, or I think that, you know, this would be a, a good way for me to provide for my family. Well, then what steps am I going to take down the road in order to to do that or to, or to get there? You know, if that means doing mental labor in the short term, uh, like going to school or, or uh, vocation school to, to learn a special skill or a particular skill or be trained in some way, uh, well, then so be it. Um, so be it. And, and, that, and that, is, that is work. Uh, you know, if it means doing uh, physical labor, menial labor in, in the short term also in, in hopes of being promoted later, well, then so be it. But the idea is that we are willing, that we're diligent, and that, we're, that we have a plan and we're not um, getting distracted by things like get get rich quick schemes and things like this. You know, a wise worker understands God's formula for success is to gain valuable skills, plan accordingly, work hard, and then through that, he or she can gradually build financial stability and wealth. Proverbs twenty-eight and verse nineteen: He who tills he who tills his land will have plenty of food, but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty. In plenty, and so Solomon's not pulling any punches, and God is telling us that there's there are pursuits that are worthwhile in life, and there are empty pursuits, and those empty pursuits are just going to hurt you in, in more ways than one. Certainly, in the pocketbook, in your in your sustenance, and and what you are able to provide for yourself and for your family. So we don't want to fall into that that trap of get rich quick schemes or you know some other nefarious means of of trying to accrue wealth. Uh, we want to uh, hone skills, plan, and be diligent workers. So a wise and diligent worker also sees to his affairs well. That's another point that we find here in Proverbs uh, 27, verses 23 and 24. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks and give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. 
so, you know, it's been said that, you know, you take care of your business and it will take care of you. And I think that's a saying, you know, that's kind of a modern, maybe a modern take on this proverb that we just read. You know, we've, we've heard somewhere down the line. Um, it was a favorite of my father's. He often applied it to uh, vehicle maintenance. You know, he would say, you, you know, you take care of your car, it will take care of you. So, you know, we may, we may not live in the kind of agrarian society today that was predominant then, but, you know, we, there's still application for this principle. You know, it, it would be keeping our work in good order and taking good care of our equipment or whatever the case may be, whatever our assets are. Maybe it's even uh, our own, uh, you, you know, m- mental capabilities or, you know, or keeping an edge, you know, if, if we're in a field that is constantly changing, like in technology or something like that, or networking, uh, you know, there's new uh, hardware that's coming out all the time or there's or software that's changing the way those jobs are done, um, you, you know, and it's, and it's up to us to stay ahead of those things, to see to our business, to, to know the condition of our flocks, if you will. So, you know, perhaps our offices or our homes or our stores or clinics resemble the field of a sluggard. Where Solomon says, I passed by the field of the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense, and behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles, its surface was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. In Proverbs 24 and verse 30. And if that's the case, what are we doing about it? You know, so that's an indication. You know, those are indications of someone not seeing to their business or they're being uh, as he says, lazy here, not paying, not paying attention and just hoping things will take care of them themselves. And so here again, we see this principle of being uh, proactive in, in this, this regard, um, planning for the future and being diligent in that, in that regard. Um, Proverbs 10 and verse four says the hand of the diligent makes rich. And so the, the, the general principle is, is that God rewards God rewards the diligent just as assuredly as he allows lazy folks to suffer their just desserts. And while it's true that not all diligent people have lots of money, there's lots of people down through the history uh, who have worked incredibly hard, but they were never wealthy. Um, you know, maybe they just made enough to, to get by uh, wealthy from a material standpoint, that is. And so we have to remember that that Proverbs is a book of probabilities you know, proverbs are, are maxims. These are, you know, these are things that are generally true, right? You train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. There's exceptions to that, to that rule, but by and large, <clears throat> it's generally true, right? Even occasionally lazy people win the lottery, right? And they find material wealth, but just because there's an exception to the rules here that, that Solomon is laying down these principles that doesn't invalidate them. You know, some, you know, there's diligent people likewise who are going to face uh, drought and or disability or some accident or something like this that um, hinders their ability to work or there's other hardships. But again, these are these are the exceptions, not the rule. And God's word still stands that those who work hard generally, by and large, prosper. And Solomon goes on to say that Proverbs 12 and verse 24, the hand of the diligent will rule. The hand of the diligent will rule. You know, when we give ourselves to our work, uh, not in an idolatrous way, um, but if we're diligent in it, if we're making the most of our opportunities and, and giving ourselves to our work, we, we learn and we grow and we become more and more proficient in whatever our vocation is. And as a result, our skills and services or product, whatever the case may be, uh, will be in greater demand. 
and we'll be promoted and businesses will grow and we'll have more responsibility and respected in the community. We can make a case for all of that in, in scripture. In Proverbs twenty two twenty nine, it says, Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So, again, this is God's wisdom for being a good worker, a diligent worker. Um, wise and diligent workers won't just stand before kings. They will stand before the king. We have to keep in mind, it's not just apostles, preachers, teachers, and elders, and deacons that are rewarded on the day of judgment. God will reward all, all those who honor him by their, their work. Uh, so we need to keep that in mind that, you know, these principles, while they're uh, applicable to secular work and, you know, our jobs that we do day to day, it's, they also carry over to the spiritual work that we should be engaged in if we're, if we're truly God's people, uh, rendering service to him and using our talents in his kingdom to, to glorify him, win souls for him and serve in whatever capacity that we're, we're able to do. Um, Ephesians 6 and verse 8, with good, uh, with good will render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And so, uh, you know, that's a New Testament passages, passage uh, speaking to us uh, about the, what the nature of our work should be, or at least our attitude. Um, you know, Peter will say, don't just render eye service or, or be a, a man pleaser. In other words, you know, be a genuine soul. R- render service as to the Lord and not not to men, because God is watching, and He's going to um, recompense us. But He will receive back from the Lord uh, what for whatever good thing He does, whether slave or free. Uh, and so th- that should give us pause, and that should uh, give us a different perspective. I think too of the work that we do day-to-day in, in the secular sense, again, whatever our vocation may be, uh, do we understand that uh, ultimately the one we're serving is God, and He's watching us, and He's evaluating us, uh, not our bosses and not our co-workers, though that they are as well. Uh, but if we're ultimately striving to please God, uh, it's going to be a whole lot easier to follow through with these principles that we're uh, that we find here in Proverbs of being diligent and, and being good planners and um, honing our skills and and being prepared and things things like this because we know we're ultimately answerable to uh, the king the king of heaven of heaven and earth uh, so having said all of that um, let's hear two warnings from scripture number one uh, don't make work an idol uh, so it's good to be proactive it's good to do all these things that we've talked about be diligent take the initiative um, but that is that doesn't come within a thousand miles of saying that our work needs to be at the center of our our lives. Um, all again, all work we must do, uh, all work we do should be for the Lord. Uh, and number two, don't forget that success depends on God. You know, we can't be so intent on success in our careers and climbing the corporate ladder or whatever the case may be that again we neglect our first priority: service to our God. Uh, so we should honor God through our work and vocation and careers, but those things are not to become, not to become our God and pull us away from assembling regularly with His people. Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five, as we're commanded there, uh, and giving time to the spiritual disciplines of prayer and Bible study. 
so we, we can't forget that um, these things have their, their place and we need to keep them in, in their place. God has parameters and he's given us instructions of how to do them effectively and how to do them in a way that's pleasing to him. And I think that ultimately we will be uh, beneficiaries of spiritually and, and materially, uh, generally speaking on the material side, but um, God gets all the glory for that. He, if we find success, it's because he allowed us to, and he gave us the ability to do so. Uh, Moses reminds the people of this fact in Deuteronomy 8, verses 17 and 18. He says, um, Otherwise you may say in your heart, My power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth. And you can go back and look at the context in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and there's, there's a lot more to be said there along these lines. But Moses is, is giving the people this warning. It sounded like we picked up in the middle of a thought. That's because we did. But Moses is giving them this warning that they shouldn't become proud or forgetful of their God, uh, but remember him. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, I've done all this. You know, My strength and my power has made me this, this wealth. But we need to give glory where glory belongs and honor where it is due and recognize that it's God who gives us the, the ability to make wealth, the ability to, to work, um, to to have a mind to think and su- and support ourselves and our families. So, skilled and successful workers are are often tempted to feel proud and just take the credit for what they've accomplished and boast about what they will achieve in the future. But God's people are supposed to use those. Maybe if they you know get have an accolade or are recognized for doing something well, that that can be an opportunity um, to you know, to point people to, to God and, and, and maybe even, you know, there'd be a window there to explain, um, what it is that's motivated us, what, what, or who it is, I should say, that's motivated us to, to do this. And, and where have we found this, um, this wisdom to, uh, to conduct ourselves in this way in the, in the workplace and excel, um, you, you know, and, and then that in turn, again, can, can lead people to God and cause them to glorify him, which is our, our goal. Ultimately, you know, our, our whatever success we may have here will be enjoyable to be sure, but it's totally dependent on God's blessing and he will humble the proud. Proverbs 16, three, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. And James four fifteen sixteen, that I alluded to earlier, I think is another good text to, to wind down with. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. And all such boasting is evil. And so uh, this is an area in our lives where we need to heed the wisdom of, of God. And we'll have more to say about that next week. But uh, I've enjoyed studying with you today. So, uh, you know, let's take these Proverbs and, and challenge ourselves to apply them and be the proactive, diligent, planning people that, that God wants us to be. But at the same time, not become arrogant in whatever success we find, but give glory where glory is due and be thankful that God has allowed us to, uh, the, the abilities to work and to have jobs where we can earn revenue for ourselves and our family and, and give to those in need. I thank you for, for tuning in and, and hope that if you have any questions or comments that you'll email us at leonvalleychurch at gmail.com and you can check out our website at leonvalleychurch.org Love to hear from you. There's a contact form there as well. So 
Uh, I'd love to hear your questions or, or comments if you have any. Thanks for tuning in. I'm looking forward to studying with you again. I'm Jason Garcia, and this has been Faithful Sayings.